Hey everybody, and welcome to episode 39 of the Sunfire Tavern, our podcast for gamers and geeks, where we talk about everything going on in the games industry, movies, and TV. With me, Ollie, and my co-host Clark, discussing the hot topics from the week. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Sunfire Tavern, and listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. And you can drop us an email at sunfiretavern at gmail.com. How you doing, Clark? How's it going? I'm good, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, man. It's uh, oh, my job. You got a week, haven't you? Yeah, jobs. Jobs been picking up. You got a lot to do at the moment. Um, so yeah, it's how you uh, pay the Benjamins. It's how you pay the Benjamins. It is is how I pay the Benjamins. But you know, that's the that's earn the... the Benjamins. No, exactly. the Benjamins are the money. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a lot of like, um, we're finally getting you know the game that I'm working on. We're finally getting some user data in. So we're trying to like re rejig a lot of stuff at the moment. And uh, it's a fun time to be a dev when you know you just get messages being like, "Hey, can you change? Yeah, you know, I know you're working on your normal sprint work, but can you uh, just do this quick 180? You know, tweak these things." And it's like, "Yes, but also ah." So, you well, know. I'm sort of in the same boat. So, um, I mean, obviously, I can't talk about anything that I'm doing because I'm in entirely secret phase at the moment. Mm. But um, I presented my concept for something last week, and it got half shot down and half approved. So from the, that phase. You then have to build out your project plan and all your bits and pieces on how you want your game to look. Mm. So now I'm working on like a large chunk of the game that I'm working on and building out pieces of it. And my workload has suddenly just gone through the stratosphere. Like yeah. I'm busy all the time now. Yeah, it's like a combination of like, you know, basically going out more, going into the office, vaccines, all this other stuff, social life. Plus like the work, it's like, oh God, it's just like everything is coming back you know oh, the world's coming back and it's coming back fast yes yeah, it's, it's coming back real fast but yes yeah, it's, uh it's, it's all good i've had a pretty apart from that stuff my week's been uh pretty good been, had, hey, been... well why don't you take us through the agenda i'll, yeah. I'll help you get through it this week I'll yeah know, yeah I'll... definitely i'm okay. still i am still transitioning into podcast mode in my brain so uh so we've got the agenda for the week uh we've obviously got the usual what we've been watching and playing we've got uh the steam summer sale it's going on right now um, it is. We've got Monster Hunter Stories 2 is actually not terrible, uh, as mm. a point here from Clark. Um, then we've got Nintendo's finding leakers, $150,000 uh, each for leaking Sword mm. and Shield content early. And then we've got our nostalgia bite uh, about um, X copy in the early piracy world. Ooh. Yeah. I'd like to hear. following on from last week when we talked about uh, Code Wheels, we could probably talk a little bit more about the piracy side of things. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Oh man! Actually, you know, I know we should be talking about what we've been playing and watching, but what I've been listening to, I've been listening to a lot of key gen music <laughs> since yeah, from, from last week. Oh I've been man! A whole lot, I think. Yeah, this is so good, man. Yeah. yeah. Well, I found the the old Pinball Dreams one, which I thought was again part of the game, but it really wasn't. <laughs> uh, and I listened to it, and I was just like, oh damn, that takes me back so far. Yeah, man. It's so good. Oh, yeah, it's so um, good. So, I mean, we could start. What have you been playing, Ollie? Tell me what you've been playing. What have you been listening I have to? Been play- key drum music. <laughs> I have been playing a lot of Guilty Gear recently. That's probably the, my most played game at the moment. Uh, I've been getting more and more into it as I'm learning. Uh, it's a very cool. It's very cool to learn a new fighting game, but also you know it comes with the the whole thing of like when you start progressing through the ranks and you're re- and I'm reaching the ranks where people now have got their like flow charts sorted out, and um, it's very much a case of just flow like charts. Yes, yes. So this is you an Excel document to play Guilty Gear. <laughs> oh, dude, no, this is it. So this is this is how the fighting game like progression goes. Is that you're learning the game and you're kind of just like you know doing your basic stuff and just you don't really know what you're doing, kind of like button mashing, right? Then you eventually 
with your character, you develop what is known as the flowchart, which is like basically you just have a current, you just have a like a small set of like loop looping actions that you go through that you kind of just go on autopilot, right? And it's basically gets to a point where when two players who are basically just flowcharting against each other are playing against each other, it's like whoever can figure out it becomes like a puzzle game of like whoever can figure out the other person's flowchart first wins. Because neither player knows how to like adapt properly yet. It's kind of just like a here's here's what I've got on the table. Here's what they've got on the table. Can I beat? Does my flowchart beat their flowchart? If you if 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 it does, then you just win automatically. Because I don't like, know what to say to this. This sounds weird. Oh, dude, it is weird. It's like a, it's like a progression through fighting games. Eventually, you get to a point with fighting games where like you can start you you know enough about the game and enough about matchups where you start like adapting and actually applying strategy and stuff like this. It's like uh, the best thing I can do is like imagine you playing you're playing chess against someone, right? No. And okay. Okay, don't imagine, imagine you're playing chess. I won't imagine it. Okay. You're not the boss of me. But yeah, you know how in chess there's like different openings and it's like, oh, here's the, um, you know, the London system and uh, all these other things. It's Kapersky, like the Kapersky feint or that, that kind of stuff. Exactly, yeah. right? It's like, yeah. so, so imagine in chess if it was two people playing each other and they only knew one opening and that's, that's it. They just know one opening. This is a different opening. But each player only knew one opening, and that's the only thing that they could do, right? And there's going to be, like, basically a dictated matchup thing, which is just like, hey, this opening is statistically better than this opening, so you're probably going to win. That's basically how fighting games with flowcharts work. It's just like, oh, does my flowchart beat your flowchart? Because you don't really adapt, and you don't know, like, oh, I can apply these different con like fundamentals of concepts, like, oh, this beats this, this beats this kind of thing. It's like playing rock, paper, scissors, and you only have rock, and the other person only has paper. That's it. You know, and you don't, and, and you can only throw out rock. That's it. You never switch. That's what. That's Sounds basically horrifying. Yeah, but that's that, that's like basically what like mid-level fighting games is like. Uh, it's weird in a, in a more nuanced way than that, but yeah. So that's where I'm at. Guilty Gear right now, which is a lot of fun, but it's also just like going back. And you know, you lose, and you go to training mode, and you learn how to beat that thing. All right, cool. Never again. Then you go back online, and then you play again. And but it's very satisfying when you go back online and you find that person who is spamming that same strategy all the time, and you kind of just go like, "No, not today, no more, not today, sir," and you like absolutely destroy them. That's very satisfying. That's part of the fighting game. Part of fighting games I really enjoy. Anyway, whilst I've been doing, um, yeah, usual like League of Legends. Um, but yeah, I've just been kind of going out a lot recently. Actually, so, so now you say that, I've been playing World Rift. The, oh, are you playing the mobile, uh, mobile one? Yeah, how, yeah, how are you finding it? I love it. Like, I'm really enjoying it. I've, yeah. I've started maining Jinx. Ah. Yeah. Like, I don't understand half her abilities, but I seem to be wrecking people with her, so yeah, you just I'm shoot. doing something right. You, you just, just shoot, yeah. Yeah, you just shoot people a lot, and then, you know, you hit them with your... You switch between, like, the AoE grenade thing, and then the switch back to the machine gun. Yeah. And that's about it. But it's yeah. fun. I like her. Her and Ga Ga Garen? Garen? Garen. Galen? Garen. The spinny guy. Yeah. Spinny guy. Gar a lot of those. Like, yeah, Garen's great. Um, uh, Jinx is also a lot of fun. Uh, I have a friend who's a big fan of Jinx. So is it? I think I know who that is. Yeah, you probably know who it is. Um, <laughs> I know who that is. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, it looks like Jinx as well, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Uh, I'm, glad, I'm glad to hear that you're uh, enjoying World Rift, though. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there you go. Something I've been playing. So how so long until you... Playing or watching, or like... Oh, uh, oof. I need to catch up on the latest episode of Loki. I'm actually going to watch that immediately Ooh. after this episode of the podcast. <laughs> so uh, I don't, I do, I don't have anything to say on episode three of Loki. Uh, episode three is is the latest episode, right? 
Yes. Yeah. I think four comes so where, up where very soon. Uh, if I say they were on a train, does that make any sense? No, they were okay, in so a you, yeah, supermarket. Okay. It was basically what we discussed last week. Right, okay, they were in the supermarket. I couldn't remember where, where we'd left off. Yeah, 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 so yeah, yeah. The next episode is all about a train. Okay, excellent. So I'm going yeah. so to watch that in literally after we're finished this, this okay. episode. Like, yeah, you enjoy it. I enjoyed it. Like it's Again, it's like WandaVision. Like it's slow, but it's definitely going somewhere. Mm. Like, it's cool. Yeah. And the, this one kind of reveals a lot more about the storyline, uh, but it, it's more exploring uh, Loki's personality in this one, I think. That's cool. You'll see, like when you watch. I won't spoil it. Cool. Um, I guess I could go on to what I've been watching and playing this week. Yeah, what have you been up to, Clark? So I've been playing Breath of the Wild, um, uh, okay. which is weird. Um, yeah. I finally got hold of a kind of a cheap digital copy of it, mm-hmm. and I've, I've always said like if I can find it for under thirty pounds digital, I'll buy it again. I did um, through a series of vouchers and weird like checks that I had to go through to get it, but I, I got it for thirty quid. Excellent. Um, I've really been enjoying it. Like it's really chill. It's a great game. Um, can't fault it. But I've also been playing um, a bit more of Valhalla because I realised I left that halfway through. Do you mean Valhalla? Uh, a bit more of sorry. Oh, do you mean Assassin's Creed Valhalla? Assassin's or... Creed, yeah. Okay, Assassin's yeah, Creed. Yeah. Uh, and then a little bit of uh, Phoenix Rising, Immortals, whatever the name of that game is. Immortals Phoenix uh, Rising. Yeah, yeah. So just kind of catching up on my old uh, my old stuff and and trying trying to complete a few things that I've left half done. Yeah, how are you? How, okay, so how are you finding playing both Breath of the Wild and Immortals at the same time? Really hard. <laughs> yeah, because they have like inverse controls. Oh, so like one set of controls is almost the exact opposite of the other. Christ. So yeah, I've had to focus on more Breath of the Wild than than Immortals: Phoenix Rising or whatever it's called. Yeah, I think. That's uh, but fair. the funny part is, so, so here's something interesting: is is I've 100 percented almost Breath of the Wild years ago, mm-hmm. and I'm playing it now, and I'm discovering stuff that I didn't even see before, and I'm learning stuff that I didn't know about before. Yep. I, that game just has infinite scope for learning. I think. Like, yeah, there's it's always something a lot. new. Yeah. Like I learned, I mean, I had all the um, the amiibos when I first played it, and I, I'm ah. scanning them all again, and I've only just learned that the Zelda amiibo can give you the bow, the the light arrows, yep, which you can only get on the final boss of the game, and only use them on the final boss of the game. Wait, do you mean the ancient arrows, or do you mean the light? Not arrows? the ancient arrows, the light arrows. Oh, like the actual, the you know, the thing that you shoot Ganon with in the final encounter. Yeah, the bow. Yeah. Yeah, she has that. Wait, really? Yep. Oh. <laughs> so she has like a low chance of you getting the twilight bow, which has the light arrows on them. Oh. So there you go. But are they like limited usages or something? Well, it's the same as any weapon. Like, it wears out eventually. Right, okay, okay, okay. But still... I mean, that's very so, cool. Pay to win. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I mean, aren't those arrows, like, one... Don't they just one-shot anything anyway? I mean, they do a lot of damage. I don't know if they're the same mechanically as the light arrows. They definitely have the same animation. Right, okay. But it could just be one of those things where... They've just reused the animation and attached it like cosmetically to the bow. Yeah, I, I didn't even know that item was in the game. That's very cool. Yeah, well, it's only available on the amiibo, much like with Skyward Sword, where you can only do the teleport thing if you've got the amiibo. Yeah. Um, what else have I been watching this week? So I watched a bit of um, Misfits, which is an old TV show. Um, about oh, yeah. A bunch of chavs who get superpowers, and they sort of deal with the fact that they've got superpowers. I've been watching that at the gym. Um, and that's been about it. Like, I don't think I've watched anything else or done anything else this week. I've probably played some of the video games. That I've, I've been playing Overwatch, of course, because I always am. Nice. Um, what else have I been playing? Oh, and Sea of Thieves, they released their um, Pirates of the Caribbean expansion. Yeah. And it's not great. Uh, oh. oh. <laughs> it's very, very buggy. Like, uh. really, really buggy. So we, we've put it on hold until they fix some of the bugs, because there's a bug where you can't actually board your ship. 
uh, which in a game about sailing the seven seas is kind of important. Wait, how does the bug? How does the bug stop you from? Oh, as in like, can you, you not like? It, you just can't get on it. Like you, you approach a ship, you can't stand on it, and then when you do finally get on top of it, you fall through it. But what? Which is really irritating. How? So that, that's a fun bug. Okay. I don't know how that one managed to get through QA because it's happening every time we play. I mean, I like, saw it's not intermittent. It's every time. That's not good. I mean, I also saw that other bug where it was like um, something about uh, a shark. Yeah. <laughs> Did I send you that video? Didn't yeah, I? Yeah, yeah, shark. Yeah, uh, shark. Just so like... if, if yeah, if, if you get stalked <clears throat> by the megalodon, which is this big fish that stalks you every now and again, and you go through the portal to the uh, the storyline at the same time, it just comes through with you and flies around in the air. Yeah. Massive. This shark. Is. Yeah, and then it just like still hits you right while yeah, it's yeah. still yeah. like. So does down. Oh, but it becomes like impossible to kill because you can't hit it in the air. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some bugs are great. Um, oh, so yeah, that's what I've been doing this week. That's pretty much it. And then, of course, I've caught up with Loki, but we can catch up on that one next week. Yeah. Actually, wait, oh, slight aside on the topic of bugs. Like One of the funniest bugs I ever saw, I think it was in the Outer Worlds, or at least I read like a full Twitter thread on basically how people used to queue, how the QA process for this bug. And basically, the bug report that came in was basically that just like, some of their characters were just like some of like and like the important NPCs, story NPCs, were just dying randomly, like on in like the player ship, like on the on like the hub world. And um, basically, what it turned out was that when you entered a cutscene of talking to someone, um, so basically some triggers got turned off, and one of those triggers was for an NPC to stop climbing a ladder. So what would happen? is that if an NPC was climbing a ladder when you started, like, talking to another one, like a cutscene or something like that, they would keep climbing, like, up. As in, like, they would, they, they, could, they, they physically could not stop climbing, so they'd just keep climbing higher than, like, the top of the ladder. Like, they'd just keep going like, into the sky, like, into space, essentially, right? Just keep climbing, and as soon as the cutscene ended, it would tell them to get off the ladder, but obviously because they're suspended really high in the air, they'd just fall down and just die from gravity. So, like... <laughs> I just and it's just you know these uh, kinds of bugs just... are just hysterical. Just like you know, just like you really don't expect these things to happen, and then suddenly, like, oh yeah, you can't, you can't, you know, the, your NPC can't get off a ladder anymore, and so they just climb into the heavens, you know, to climb straight into the sun, essentially. Like, well, that sounds fun. Yeah, it's so good. Like, oh, okay, God. well, I mean, that's what I've been playing this week. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, what was our first point? Was it was it the Steam sale? It was yes, the Steam sale. Steam summer sale. So there's a Steam sale on. Yes. Okay. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Cool yeah that's that it. Point. So next agenda yeah. point. Uh, Monster, <laughs> no. Have you picked up Have anything been... in the Steam sale? No, because my problem is that I own pretty much everything on Steam now. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. There's, there's very very little like big stuff that I want to buy because my backlog is sentient now. So like, <laughs> it's sentient. It's it's become sentient. There's so much of it. Um, like for example, I bought Horizon Zero Dawn a few weeks ago, the complete edition. Mm-hmm. Played like twenty minutes of it, and then again moved on to another game. Like I really need to start focusing on games again. Oh. I think the the problem with lockdown is it made it so that like yeah, time my yeah my attention span was so weak because I just felt like I had infinite time. And now that the Ides of March are starting to remind me that like you know death is coming eventually, um, because you know I'm getting old. I'm in my early well late what my late thirties. Mm. How old am I? I can't remember how old I am, but I'm getting old. So age is starting to catch up with me and remind me that time is limited and I have to complete all my games. Yeah. So that's what I'm doing at the moment. I'm going through all my games just before I die in my nineties or hundreds or however old I get. Mm. I don't know how old I'm going to be. So uh, so yeah, that's where I am. Um, but yeah, so, I, I don't know, have you, have you been tempted by anything in the Steam sale? Anything that's kind of standing out? I mean, I had a brief look, I think, yesterday, 
And like you, I own, most of the games that I like, I wanted to play, I already own. Um, but like, when you, you have know, expendable income, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. You know, so there are some games which I've like, you know, there, there's a few games which I've seen on Steam or like, you know, sorry, I've uh, seen on like um, YouTube and like thought about buying, but never really found the sort of like motivation to buy them. But the other thing is like, it's money is not the problem. Like the sale doesn't solve my current problem with games. It's time. Like I yeah. like I need to, I need I need a Steam sale for time. You know what I mean? Like, can I buy like an extra day? In my in, in life, you know. So for me, I just need to be able to buy the focus to play them now because I keep buying these massive games, mm. get halfway through them, and then get like. Me... So for example, I found uh, a really good deal on Skyward Sword. Yeah. So I kept saying, like, I mean, Skyward Sword is not a great Zelda game, but if I can find it sub thirty quid, I'll buy it and I'll play it on the Switch and I'll give it a chance because I'd like to complete it, find out what that story is all about. Found it for under thirty quid on doing this deal where you have to buy it on eBay. Through the official stores like eBay Outlet, and then you have to use your Nectar card to register and do all this other stuff, and then you get a voucher off your Nectar card. Not using your Nectar points, you just get a voucher, Wait, and it, it brings it down from fifty nine ninety nine down to twenty eight pounds. So like, there's a website called Hot UK Deals where these people kind of just focus on how to get things really cheap. Yeah, and I love it because I love bargain hunting and I, I like um, like vouchers and all that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm into it. Yeah. So I did it and I was like, okay, twenty eight quid for for Skyward Sword. But now now I've bought it, I'm like, I still don't think I want this game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, what? Like what? <laughs> yeah. I I, I, I I'm glad that I'm at least at the point. Not I've like managed to get to the point where just I don't spend the money unless I'm like a hundred percent sure I wanna like at least play the game. Like try it. Like yeah, I'm not just like have that oh. self control unfortunately. Yeah. Like like I bought Pokemon Snap. Yeah. Played it, enjoyed it, but it's only fun when I'm playing it with my boyfriend. Like it's not really fun when I'm playing it on my own. Mm-hmm. Because of the way the game works. Like it's got this really cool element where you can like bounce off each other and like you take a load of pictures and then they take a load of pictures and you compare who done the best one. And that that element works. Yeah. On your own, it's so depressing. Oh no! <laughs> it's so boring to play it on your own. Oh no! Like, because yeah, I remember. So I've been listening back through the old podcast as well because I've been trying to get some inspiration for a few bits and pieces. Uh, mainly, I'm trying to set up the Discord and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and I, I noted that we talked about Pokemon Snap once, and you played it when you were younger. Oh um, yeah, yeah. We, we talked about how it was great, and you were looking forward to getting it. Did you actually buy it? No. <laughs> I did not. My housemate, my housemate did, and a bunch of my other friends did, and I did like, played it? it. I played it through. Yeah, yeah, they they evolved like hundred percent of the game, but like I played um on their versions a little bit, and I was like, oh, this is fun, but then I was like, I, I no don't, reason to continue playing it. I just, I, I just, I just, I I have this problem where sometimes I just don't sit down and play single player games. Like occasionally, I will just go You're back into. Probably, I think. No, it's like I no, because I want to, right? But it's like. I think it's a problem that I have because, like, dude, I can easily sit down and play a single-player game for an hour every night instead of playing League of Legends. If you know what I mean, right? Like, yeah, I can too. But yeah, I, I, I understand what you're saying. Like, it's really hard to kind of focus on stuff now. I think, mm. like, if, if that's what you mean, like, is it the focus that's the problem? Or? Not really. It's just like, like, it's just what I want to do, right? As in, like, you know, like my brain right now is instead of thinking about like, oh, you know what, I want to sit down and. Down, you know, play Neo Two or play like Sekiro again, or like go buy a new Sorry. game or something like that. You know, like play play a, another s- story game instead. It's like I'm just gonna sit down and play League of Legends for an hour, or like oh, I'm gonna sit down and play Guilty Gear for an hour, right? So my thing is, is I want to get outside. Like I want to go and do stuff outside again. Oh and yeah, every I mean, time yeah. I play a video game now, I feel guilty. Mm. Like I'm almost cheating myself out of like going to see my friends and whatnot. 
Yeah, I get, I get, I mean, like, that as well, right? But I'm saying, like, you do have time when you're just at home and you have, like, you know, a little bit of time during every time. day, you know, mm -hmm. like, you know, like, instead of, but you just fall back into, like, your old habits of, like, you know, I'm sure at some point it was, like, instead of playing Pokemon, you could have played, like, a new game or something, right? But it's, yeah. like, yeah, but it's, like, it's just because sometimes it's easier to just, like, play, like, what you know. Right. Well, so here's a good example. So I've had Uncharted 4 for since the game launched. Mm. I bought it when it launched. Still haven't ever turned that game on. Yeah. And every time, like, I've sat down multiple times in the past few weeks to sit and play that, and I keep thinking, yeah, but I've got other games I need to finish first. And I know I'm never going to play that game, and I really, really want to. Mm. Like, I just can't get my head into the fact that I need to sit and play it. Yeah. Because it means if I start playing it, I've got to play it through to the end. Like I did with, you remember when I played The Last of Us, and it took me like a month to finish it? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's the same thing. I, I, I just really struggle to focus on games, and I, I don't know what it is. No, I think, I think, um, it's, I think it's a common thing, right? Like, um... I wonder if it's burnout or something, like, I'm no, it's just out on games. It's because, like, playing a new game just requires a certain amount of effort and attention that sometimes you don't have. And, and the thing is, it's because it's, like, it's kind of like a fallacy, right? It's because you feel like, oh, to start a new game, I need to play it for, like, six hours to give it a good shot, or, like, you know, like, in one go kind of thing, right? Like, that's the whole thing about dedicating the time. That's why we always complain about the time. But in reality, like, most games, you probably just sit down and play for, like, half an hour, an hour, and they'll be like, cool, and then just come back the next day, or whatever, like, in the next few days, and then play it again, right? Like, but it's just... It's easier to do. It's easier to just basically be like, "Oh, I'm gonna sit down on my computer and just autopilot onto like League of Legends, right?" You have to make the mental energy to like think about doing something else, and also really consider if that's what you want to do, or are you doing that because you know, like, why? Why do you want to play a new game, right? Like, if you don't have a reason why you want to play a new game, and you're just playing a new game because it's a new game, and you just want to like, you you're know, not gonna get into it. And that's exactly the I have right. On Snap, I got it because it was new. I didn't get. I didn't get it because I wanted it. Yeah, exactly. Because it, it was new, and I kind of regret buying it now. But I, I've enjoyed playing it with uh, with my boyfriend. So yeah, exactly right. Yeah, like you can have different reasons for why you play different yeah. games and stuff like that. But if your reason is just I want to play something new because it's new and because I don't want to play a, like you know do my usual, then it's like really understand like think about why don't you want to do what you usually do? I guess kind of thing. Like question it, and that also takes effort and is weird. And, introspective and philosophical and you know it's, you're just play, you're picking a video game to play it's not that deep bro etc etc et but you know like whatever I don't know this is the kind of stuff I, I like to consider it's like you know, looking at my habits of like when I play games and being like why am I sitting here playing Guilty Gear and League of Legends and not like you know playing all these other single player games which I'm why, sure I would love why am I love. playing um, League of Legends on my phone <laughs> exactly right you know these kinds of things it's like habits yeah. you know forming habits is is uh is a whole thing, but this is also this is not a life advice podcast. <laughs> this is a no, uh, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> if it was, it would be terrible advice. Oh man, no, we can go. It's for me just going. Yeah, just buy it. It's fine. Just like, do it. Want. Just buy do it, it yeah. dude. Yeah, just buy easy. It. Spend like, all your money. Like, how do I get good at video? Just, just get good, dude. Just, just get easy, good, dude. like just Yeah, that's it. Easy. Yeah, yeah lucky. Um, um, but yeah. So in the Steam, <laughs> so to summarize the Steam Summer Sale, uh, nah, I haven't really bought no. anything. But I guess going off of Steam Summer Sale as well, there's another thing that I've been reading in like different forums of like things, which is like, I think a lot of people are getting really burnt out with indie games, and it's kind of sad because like they're like so many of them. Yeah, they're like, oh, let me go look at the indie game list, and then there's the common trope or the meme of basically being like, oh. Yes, a bunch of pixel platformers, a bunch of pixel roguelikes, a bunch of... They're not uh, necessarily very high quality either. Yeah, no. or like, basically there's just like... I think more and more people are starting to feel like we need... Like, it's hard... Like, we need some kind of, like... 
more original, like more weird original stuff. But obviously, it's harder and harder to get that, you know, right? As as time goes on. Like, like you know, you remember when Battle Royale came out, and then now yeah, there's Battle Royale. Battle Royales, right? Yeah. We, we need someone to find the next Battle Royale, which is finding the next. I mean, I thought Auto Chess was going to be that. Yeah. Wasn't at all. Flop, flop like a flan in the cupboard. Like no one cared about auto chess. Mm. And I, I'm I'm looking forward to the next thing that is on the on the kind of level of of like uh, battle royale. Yeah. But the problem is, is no one is taking a risk at the moment. Games companies are really not putting in effort. They're not trying. Like, uh, well, I said they're not trying. That they're just they're sort of going through the motions. I guess so. I mean, that's AAA, right? I'm talking about even in, I'm talking about indie indie games, right? Like where, like you do you don't you know you know a lot. It's, I guess it's kind of like a stereotype for, for in like at least I imagine when when you're making an indie game like you have like some kind of original or cool idea or some kind of like unique innovation or take on like a type of game right instead of just being like oh I'm just gonna make this game that already exists that's it and then not change anything which I think yeah well in fact, feels that... like which I think feels like is like what's kind of happen like, there's trends in like indie games now of like what people are making and it's like and i guess maybe it's a bit reductionist of a lot of people to basically be like oh this game is just undertale plus x or like oh this yeah. game is just you know a different shade of uh you know um slay the spire right so say, you know, saying that i, I like, just did a presentation where i tried to effectively present a game that exists already and and the guy receiving the presentation went no that's just a copy and i was like Ah, fair point. Yeah, <laughs> so I did, I've done it myself, and I'm, I'm like, I claim to be this like super creative person that's like really into like knowing the industry and stuff. And I just went and copy pasted, and I, I looked at it and just went, "You're right, I did copy paste. I can need to go back to the drawing board." And I actually convinced myself like I need to go back and start again on that. Yeah, um, I think I, it, I'm but... thinking like if if it's happening on my level, it's probably happening on a way bigger corporate level as well. Mm. But like, I guess also from a dev perspective, is that like you know these games which are like the sort of I mean okay let's take let's take the stereotypes that people always meme on, which is like you know oh it's a walking simulator game which is about depression or like oh it's a uh, you know visual novel that has some weird twist to it oh it's a uh, pixel platformer it's like or oh it's a roguelike it's because like as an indie game developer or even as a developer those games are actually relatively easy to make or like they're on the easier scale of things in terms of like to make as like a smaller team which is probably why there's so much more of them and less of like the like 3d games or multiplayer things and all these other things and that's why those ones kind of like stand out more because they're because there's less of them and they're harder to make right whereas like you know like it's pretty so it basically just makes it really hard for like these like new games to break out because there's so much stuff to get through now, I guess. I, and I know this has been a problem for years and years, but it's just like, you know, I see it more and more coming up. Like, especially, I guess, whenever Steam sales come around and you just look at, like, all the indie games that are on sale and it's like, a lot of these games just look very similar, I guess. You know? Or it's like, it's harder because it's like, oh, your niche, the niche of what you like is already fulfilled by something else. Like, for example, you know, I'm looking at Steam sale right now, my time at Porsche, probably a fantastic game. Probably great if I'd played it. But why would I... It's good. Like, yeah, exactly, right? But then, like, you know, that niche of my time playing My Time at Porsche is probably already filled... Like, for a lot of people, it's probably already filled by something like Stardew Valley, for example, right? So it's like... And you look at the games, and it's like... It, it literally just looks... As in, like, just looking at the image like on the Steam store, like, not actually playing the game. Because playing it is always going to be very different. This is more about, like, what's on the box and what you just immediately see, right? It's like... 
it just looks like it just looks like Stardew Valley. So then, for me as a as like a, a consumer, why would I go and click on my time at Porsche and buy that versus just like playing another round of Stardew Valley? I guess. And these are the weird questions that you know. I'm just like, man, it's getting harder and harder and harder to like get people to play your video game. You know what I mean? Like, or like yeah. as an indie game developer, it's harder to like you know really stand out. And I guess that's that's just naturally going to happen with like market saturation, but it's just kind of a bit like a, uh, and I guess I'm just having a bit of a rant or a moan. Like I don't know what the solution is, or like I'm not saying a message to indie game developers. And I'm sure the people who are making these games, there's a lot of love and attention that goes into them. That like, and of course, I'm sure if people went down and sat down and played them, they would see more of the nuances and be like, oh, you know, of course this game is way different from Stardew Valley because it has all these like smaller mechanics which are harder to like. Sell. I got into Stardew Valley. Yeah. I, uh, I was forced to play it. I sat down and I was like, no, it's crap. It's like all those other stupid games that are rubbish. And yeah, I it's like, oh, it's, like, it's just it. Harvest Moon, you know, yeah, whatever. And then, and then hundreds of hours later, I'm like, okay, maybe I do like this game a little bit. Exactly, right? And it's like really hard because I get, I mean, I watched that. There was like a, there's a really good YouTube video by, I think, I think a YouTube channel called Reykjavik or something like that, uh, talking about like, you know, how do you sell what's on the box kind of thing. And it was talking it's about hard. all these different games, yeah, yeah where it's like, also, so. So yeah. we're sort of in a world now where there's no shop front anymore. So how do you sell that product to someone when there's no, like, you can't physically go into the shop and pick up the box. Yeah. Like, you can't talk to the shopkeeper and stuff and, and get sort of convinced into buying something. You have to convince yourself to buy it now. Mm. Like, you're your salesman. But then we've also got the algorithms and, the you know, all the other bits and pieces that are kind of guiding us towards all these different sales and things. So I didn't mean to interrupt. It's just... No, 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 a, no, no, no. I think that's adding. A, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, um, but carry on. Sorry, I was just being really rude. And oh, no, I mean, I'm, I do, like, that's that's the end of my rant. This is kind of just basically being a bit like... Hmm. About 10 minutes. How, yeah, I know. Just how do we how do we break through? How, 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 how as an indie game developer do you truly break through? And how do you get your game into the hands of people and, like, you know... Oh, unfortunately, the answer is you have to hire a very good publisher. Yeah. Basically. You, you need to work with people like EA and uh, Activision and stuff to actually publish your title. Mm. Um, otherwise, you just get lost in a sea of nothing. Yeah, and it's like then, I, then... I, I want to have the dream. I want to have the the hope and the dream that you know, like I'm sure, as I'm sure a lot of these indie game developers do, which is like you know, oh my I game do. is my game is good enough that people will just play it and love it, and they will naturally yep. organically share it, you know, kind of thing, you know. But nope. It's just very rare. Yeah, it's very, it's very, it's very or rare, maybe rare. Binding of Isaac as well. Yeah, I mean, there's, I think it happens. Like a lot of, a lot of the, t it happens a lot. Like I don't think a game has quite captured the zeitgeist as much as like Undertale did. But you know, like you know, look at games like Doki Doki Literature Club. You know, like there's the, all these games, these indie darling games, which like kind of keep the dream alive. Uh, but it's just becoming rarer and rarer and rarer and harder and harder and harder. And, harder and it's like ah. Well, I guess the direction then is you end up doing what Devolver Digital have done, which is where you embrace it and you become a corporation around being an indie games company. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just because the game. Oh no, it's so sad, isn't it? Like, the game's industry's dying. It's just. It's just. It's just like all the parody of itself, right? So, oh, but Ollie, look, the man. big thing this week. The big thing. Yeah. Monster Hunter Stories Two. Oh yeah. Actually, not terrible. Ah. It's not like like so. You know that the monsties thing where they're, they're like, oh, the monsties, we have to go out and make oh, friends we... with the monsters. Yes. Yeah, all that bollocks. Like they, I mean, that word is used a hundred times a minute in the game, which drives me insane. I'm grinding my teeth while I'm playing it. Mm. But it's a really solid RPG. Mm. 
it's got really good mechanics. It's graphically, it's beautiful. Like it's really well animated. The co the combat itself is really fast paced and really fun. Uh, that the way that the animations roll through in combat and kind of pile together is really really good. Like it's a good game, mm. and it's it's a really good entry into like JRPGs because it's got all the generic tropes of like. You you can tell it's a Japanese RPG. Yeah. Uh, like you know, the female characters are all ridiculously sexualized and whatever. Um, right. They they do those weird poses when they talk as well. Yeah. Where they'll like go, and then they'll do like they'll put their finger in the air. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I get you. I know what you mean. Yeah. I know what you mean. And you, like you're you're watching it sometimes, and you're just like, this is really unforgivably Japanese. But at the same time, I've really enjoyed playing the demo to the point where I'm like googling cheap versions of it now. I'm like, hmm, I'll buy this. Oh. I know I won't play it because I don't play any game. But yeah. Like, I'm surprised. Have you had a chance to play the... I guess you've not played the demo no. at all. No. Uh, you probably should just... Go on Nintendo's website right now and get the demo. Go on. What, live... Oliver? Live... Oliver downloads a, yeah. a demo this on is the part of any podcast is listening to someone download a three gigabyte demo. All right, here we go. Get the yeah. Minecraft Dream speedrun music on. All right, here we go. <laughs> not that we can hear yeah. it, because... No. <laughs> It's okay, don't worry. Uh, well, no, I would recommend checking it out. If you like JRPGs, which I think you do, Yeah. Um, and you like Japanese things, which I think you do, because I, I think you're a weeb. <laughs> a bit of a weeb. Yeah, 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 I'm a weeb. Okay, wait, I have a question. Okay, so is the game's turn-based combat, right? It is, yeah. Hmm. You don't like turn-based combat? No, I do, but it's more like... You, you like you like Persona. Yeah, I, I do like turn-based combat, but it's like... <sighs> Monster Hunter, like, I have I have Monster Hunter Rise on my Switch, you know? Do I need Monster Hunter Stories? Because, like, you know, maybe I, maybe I should just play Monster Hunter Rise in, instead, because it's, it's, it's already on my Switch, and I already paid £60 for it, and I played it for, like, 10 hours, and I was like, maybe I should play more of it instead of buying another Monster Hunter, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, I mean, look, I'm sure, I'm sure it's a fantastic game. I, I think it's a very different game to the to Monster Hunter Rise, right? As in, like, it's well, it's clearly more of like a JRPG story based kind of thing, like just set in the Monster Hunter world, which I think is which could be cool. Okay, I have a question: Is the food good? It looks good. All right, it look great. Okay, it great. <sighs> It's, you know, it's, it's, the, I mean, it's cell shaded. So I'm, the other part is oh. it's same. It's the same graphics as Wind Waker. Okay. And I'm like, so close. <laughs> it's nearly Wind Waker. Nearly. We're nearly there. Wind what Waker. Kind of Wind Waker on the Switch. Like Wind Waker needs to come out on the Switch because it's the best game like ever for Zelda fans. Wind Waker. How to Train Your Dragon Edition. What? Is that is that is that what Monster Hunter Stories Two is? Is it just the, Wind the, Waker: How to Train Your Dragon Edition? The games are very different, but the style is very similar. Like the uh, presentation is very similar. I'm not. I'm not hearing no. You know, okay. it's It is. Yeah, it's the same. It's the same game. Is toothless? Can I? Can I? Can I have a toothless? You know? uh, yes, you actually can. You really can have a toothless dragon in this game. Oh shit. So the the dragons that you so you, what you do is you go and explore little dungeons and stuff, and you get the egg at the end of the dungeon, which is like the layer. Um, beast. So you'll go in there and the beast will be asleep and you'll steal an egg. And that egg can hatch into like a different variant of the monster and some of them can have like weird mutations like some of them can be toothless. For oh, that's kind of cool. So you can do that. Yeah, huh. there you go. Okay. Okay. Being all sassy. No, I'm, I'm not being sassy. I was just that's saying, you know, I was just saying, you know, maybe, alright. You know what? Fine. 
Maybe I will give it a shot. And then Just next give the week... demo a shot. Give it a go. All right, fine. All right. And next week you'll be like, oh my god, I love monsters. I love like monsters. and everything. Yeah. That's yeah. it. <laughs> but yeah, so, so that was my weird right. discovery of the week, was discovering the Monster Hunter 2 stories, the game that I was really... So I had exactly the same approach with uh, Mario Rabbids, the first one as well. Yeah. Laughed at it, joked about it, said this is pathetic and one of the worst games. It turns out to be one of my favorite games of the last, last like, ten years. Okay. It I... was just so endearing and wonderful. I have a question. What convinced you or what drew you to download the demo for Monster Hunter Stories 2 in the first place? Uh, it was actually the promotional art for it. Mm. So I was looking at the promotional art for a few things and that popped up and I was like, it does look nice. In fact, I watched a video by Arex as well. Ah, um, okay. And he was doing his usual, like, you know, he's selling the game, obviously. Yeah. Um, and I watched it and I was like... Uh, this actually could be something I might enjoy. Like, because it's a JRPG. I like turn-based combat. The combat did seem quite simple, which I like. Like, I don't like it when the combat systems get really overcomplicated, which okay. is why Advance Wars really attracts me as well. Yeah. I'm uh, looking forward to that because it's you know, simple. As, uh, and, and it's why Fire Emblem also like, interests me because the combat is really simple. I just hate all the chatting in Fire Emblem. Like, if they got rid of all the story stuff and just kept the combat, it'd be great for me. Not for everyone else, obviously, because people love that game for the stories. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was an Arex video I watched. I just randomly went through YouTube and found a video and went, mm, yeah, this looks good. Oh, that's cool. I mean, it's a demo. Like, what are you losing for downloading your demo? Yeah, no, I mean, nothing. Yeah, you're right. Oh, but it's also really difficult to get people to download demos now. <laughs> I know. I mean, I downloaded the Terra Nil demo the other day and I still haven't played it. You liked it? I haven't played I, it. I need, I, it's, it's sitting there. I, I it's, down, I, it's, I, it's a couple of minutes as well, that demo is. Like, you play it for a couple of minutes and you'll be like, okay, I understand this, I'm done. Yeah, I hit the download button as I was going into it and then my Guilty Gear matchmaking popped and I was like, ooh, and then went and played Guilty Gear for two hours. Six hours later. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, um,. Anyway, so we can move on in, in the agenda. Now, we're okay. still on the topic of Nintendo, I guess. So, well, mm. I didn't actually hear about this. So, Nintendo fa uh, fined some leakers uh, 150k each uh, for leaking yeah. Sword and Shield content. So, what yeah. happened? Um, so, uh, just before Sword and Shield got announced, two people leaked some early footage of the game. They leaked it online. Right, okay. And that was it. Oh. Like, right. That that's literally it. Like... All they did was leaked a few pictures because they got hold of them early because, the, you know, the company's not very good at um, keeping hold of their content. Um, so as a way of setting an example, they've decided to sue them. And this is them suing them for 150k each, which to any normal human being, someone who's like average earning or whatever, well, yeah, that's, that's... life-destroying. Yeah. Like, that's literally life-destroying. And I, I've got to say, this is an absolutely disgusting act from, um, uh, from, from Nintendo. I think it's vile. Like, I understand they're trying to set an example and make people see these people as an example, but that, to me, is one of the worst things you can do to your to your fan base. Like, what, what do you think? Hmm. Do, do you think they deserve it to start with, or, like... Well, okay, like, should people be... Sh should people have their lives destroyed for leaking a video game? <laughs> like, some content oh. of a video game? Yeah, probably not. Like, let's be real, probably not. Should they, you know, should... The law be upheld in terms of people breaking a contract that they're like, hey, you signed an NDA, don't break the NDA. Hang on, there's like, no NDA. Okay, these are just random people that just got hold of the content. Right. Okay. Yeah, but then how did they get hold? So okay, okay, okay. So so let's let's get the story straight. So these people who leaked the content, they obtained it from someone else who probably broke the NDA. 
So I'm going to read up on the article while we're talking. Hang on, because I'm just going to make sure I get my facts straight here, because I might have misresearched this one. Yeah. Uh, so, let me just take like, a look. So according to a report by Polygon, the defendants are required to pay the Pokemon company $150,000 each uh, for leaking photographs from the then-unreleased game's strategy guide, which had been posted in a Discord chat in early November 2019. Uh, the images included new features such as Gigantamax forms of certain Pokemon. Uh, the Pokemon company alleged that one of the defendants had taken photographs while employed by a company that had been printing the guides. The first defendant then sent the images to the second defendant, who subsequently shared them with a worldwide audience. Right, okay. Uh, okay, and I'm just seeing if there's any evidence of that being true. So, uh, if the evidence okay. is true, um, I don't think maybe the individual should be fined, uh, but that company that... I mean, the company that's printing the the guides definitely has a like responsibility yeah like ha yeah. has has Agreed. a responsibility and a contract right to uphold and an nda i'm sure uh to uphold and it's they are the ones who should be like fined or whatever right yeah absolutely whether, like, i can't argue with that whether that that publishing company then decides to fine the person who did the act of the leaking that's another discussion Right, as an employee of the company, you know, whatever. Either way, it's like, you know, I mean, look, should you have your life destroyed for this? Probably not. Should you leak this content in the first place when you're employed by a company and you're under contractual obligations and, like, also, you know, you don't want to ruin the surprise for, like, why are you ruining the surprise for other people? Like, should you leak that shit? Yeah, don't do that. You know? Like, I don't think any, like, you know, so it's hard right like what's acceptable like you can't really like slap people on the wrist and be like don't do it and then people be like oh i'm sorry and then do it again right at the same time you don't so, want to destroy their life so no so, so $150,000 is absolutely abhorrent like that is a disgusting amount to charge two random people for leaking a few pictures of a video game yeah i, I would say 10 grand yes all right absolutely fair at that point like it's enough to tell people you don't do this again Nintendo don't need this money in any way, shape, or form. There's no damage has been made here. They they don't need $300,000 from the general public. They make that in about 30 minutes of any kind of new game launch. Yeah. Like, they don't need that money. So pulling out two people that have just been big enough fans of your content to, to leak something because they're so excited about doing it. Yeah, they want their five minutes of fame or whatever. But then destroying their lives as a result, I think that is a really disgusting act. Okay, like, yeah. That is... That, that is that to me should be something that needs to get fined. <laughs> what? Okay. Like, you what? know, there should be counteraction there. I, I mean, I, I agree with you from a moral perspective, but like in terms of, okay, let's say the, because I agree with you, the Pokemon company does not need fucking $300,000 like from no, these two random no. people. Like, of course, fuck. Yeah. Like, yeah. Hell no. They don't need that. Right. Um, so instead of, oh, you know what, actually, maybe, you know, we don't need to discuss that. As in, like, I was just more like, okay, what if instead of, like, the fine, instead it was, like, you know, jail time or something, right? Like, because these guys technically broke the law by leaking this stuff, or they went against, like, a contract. Like, you know, like, and maybe it's a bit much to discuss in terms of, like, the morality of, like, oh, should these people go to jail for leaking a video game? But, um, you know, like, basically an agreement was broken here, right? Like, there has to be some kind of repercussion. What is appropriate, I don't know. But, you know, I guess... Okay, so, so, on that, like, I just Googled... Please don't Google this. So I want to ask you. I want to see if you can give me the answer. Okay. I just Googled the net worth of the Pokemon company oh, God. in 2021. So, you can give me a ballpark figure here. Like, anything in the region of, what do you think it's worth? <sighs> Understanding that Activision and stuff is worth, like, what? 
eight, ten million or whatever those companies are. These not are the billion, biggest companies. Worth billion. Billion, sorry, yeah. not billion. Billion, yeah. not million. So what do you think the Pokemon company is? The Pokemon company itself, what's the net worth? Hundred billion? Actually, that's more than it is. It's ninety-five billion. Okay, okay, yeah. Ninety-five uh, billion dollars. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of money, right? Like it, they don't need three hundred k. They do not. They do not need three hundred k. And that's why this is done as like a. It's, it's, it's a, a statement. It's making. Right? A, it's yeah. It's, it's sending a message. Yeah, it's sending a message, being like, "Hey, like, actually, please don't leak our stuff." But like, yeah, maybe this is not the best way to do it. But like, yeah, like, you should like people shouldn't, and like, if you. Break the law, you know. There probably should be some repercussion, but in terms of like what's appropriate, I don't know. This is this is getting like almost like, uh, I don't. Yeah, I guess I don't know personally. Like, and also I'm not one. I'm not one to. I'm not the person who need who should decide that as well, right? You know, I'm not I a lawyer. No idea that we were in that region though. Yeah, uh, the, the Pokemon Company is currently the the. Oh, biggest, yeah, they're the biggest media right? franchise of all time. Yeah, yeah, they're the biggest. Do you know what, you know what the second is? <laughs> uh, Disney. No. Who? Disney's fourth. Disney's fourth. Yeah, yeah. Who the hell is second? <laughs> it's another Japanese brand, very well known. I, I would never. If you'd give me a hundred guesses, I wouldn't guess this. Media company. Oh. oh. Uh. I mean, it's going to be like some kind of big brand, right? Or they have some it's, kind it's of brand. Big brand. It's a brand, yeah. absolutely a brand. It's not something like like something like Hello Kitty or something. It is like actually Hello Kitty. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Think about what's like big. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like this is the insanity. Yeah, man. Like the, I'm these are this big. Website now, like I'm, I'm doing some research. Yeah, man. <laughs> these are like big companies, right? As in, like you know, but yeah. Do you know what's worth more than uh, Mickey Mouse, though? Uh, is this number three? Number three. Uh, so Mickey Mouse is number four. Media companies, right? Yeah. Christ. Uh, it's another Disney franchise. Oh, it's a different... Oh, is it like Star yeah. Wars? It's Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. It just doesn't make sense to me. This is Hold crazy. Why is Winnie the Pooh counted as a separate entity? Wait, was Winnie the it's Pooh its even... It's own franchise. Oh. So it's, it's, it's the top 25... Highest grossing media franchises of all time worldwide uh, by total revenue in US dollars, this is. Okay. Oh, fra- so it's the actual franchises themselves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. So, so I'm for- is fourth Mickey Mouse, not just Disney? Mickey Mouse and Friends. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes more sense. I thought you were like <laughs> Winnie the Pooh. Wars. I thought you were like Winnie the Pooh makes more than the whole of Disney combined. I was like, what? <laughs> what? But, little no. shit bear. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's fun. I've learned some stuff today. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I guess, uh, I mean, I'm conscious of time as well, and obviously because this week has been a quiet news week, we could move on to our nostalgia bite. Yeah. Um, which is talking about X-Copy in the early piracy world. So, Ollie, do you know what X-Copy is? I, I, I thought I did. I probably don't, but... It's, I, it's just a piece of software from when I was younger that um, was very easily available. For some reason, it was everywhere, and it was the piece of software used to copy a floppy disk from disk A to disk B on one floppy drive. So the, the original restriction was that you needed two floppy drives to copy a disk. Right, okay. What this did was obviously store the information temporarily on the computer while you've changed the floppies over and put the the blank floppy in to write to it. I can't believe that there was a time in the world where you needed a piece of software to do that. Absolutely. Like, I mean, I come from a time where you needed a piece of software to have sound coming out of your computer. 
I mean, like you needed to you needed to install a sound card. Yeah, but but like, isn't just the idea of like, I mean, just you're just holding memory, like you know, like yeah. this X copy yeah. thing is just it's literally like a hard, it's just a hard drive. Well, yeah, but if you think about the evolution of computing, like yeah. it's all just a collection of all of these manual processes that have just become automated. That's what Windows is. Right. Oh, okay, okay. Here is yeah. my here is my like you know I have a computer science degree. Here's my guess as to why X copy existed is because like computers at that time did probably didn't have enough hard drive space to like store the information that would be on a floppy disk so the floppy disk was like you know when they put it into your computer yeah you were just reading off of that like directly like you didn't copy yeah, anything yeah, into yeah. memory right and the, the, the ram was like like yeah tiny not even megabytes like it wasn't even megabytes of ram yeah it's tiny you, right? you would get like a one megabyte ram extension yeah i mean how which big is, was which a is nothing how big was a floppy disk it was like 16.44 meg Okay, so it was at least, it was at least one one meg. Okay, yeah, one point yeah. four four meg. I thought I was gonna say like I thought it was like thirty two kilobytes or something like that, but no, that's way too. No, small. that's that's um, five and a quarter inch, I think. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. But uh, I'm talking old, about yeah. I'm talking about like three and a uh, three three point five inch floppies, not five yeah. and a quarter inch. So the the five and a quarter inch are the black giant squares that literally were floppy yes yeah uh, and the actual floppy disk that i'm talking about are the plastic um things with the slidable thing on the top yeah 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 i remember yeah. okay and wait breaking by sliding those things off here's 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 a here's a dumb question i have for you what did the slider thing on the top of floppy disks actually do it protected the uh, exposed part of the disk from magnetization from demagnetization sorry right so you'd so, slide it to like when you were transferring it around but no then... no you you have no interaction with that at all the computer does the sliding oh so you put the disk in and it slides that metal thing over oh. uh, revealing the reve revealing the disk bit of the floppy disk so right. the uh, iris can read it so people who used to move those things were just breaking their floppy disks Eh, well, yeah, but I mean, you did it all the time. You you would sit there playing like Monkey Island with its eleven discs, and you'd be flicking one of the discs. Oh yeah, I mean, like as a kid, I used to do it all the time, and now I'm just in retrospect, I was like, oh shit, I probably just you were destroying of... your discs. Yeah, I was, I was yeah. destroying a bunch of my dad's like floppy discs. Yeah, but so, so this was the early world of piracy. Like this is where um, people didn't know that they were committing piracy. Yeah. Um, I, I remember like we used to have. So I, I grew up in the Neaton, and then just up the road was the was the town that most people probably would have heard of, which is a town called Coventry. And we used to go once a month to Coventry to this guy's house that had just stacks of blue discs in one of his rooms. And my pocket money allowed me to get um, what was it, five discs a month. So that's five games, five Amiga games. Mm. My dad had obviously found this guy at a car boot sale or something. I didn't know it was illegal. So we'd turn up and I would just pick five games. And I remember uh, I had to save up for two and a half months to get Monkey Island 2 because it was on 11 discs. Oh my God. So like, we went to this guy and I was like, I really want Monkey Island. He was like, oh, that's an expensive one. That's going to cost you. And I was like, how much is it? Like counting my little pound coins in my hand. And he was like, it's going to be 11 pounds. I was like, I've only got 10. And he was like, mm, it's going to be 11. I was like, I've only got 10. And he, he was like haggling over a pound oh for a copied God. disc. Um, but this is it. Is, is copied discs were like super readily available. Yeah. You, you could get them. People selling at car boot sales and stuff. And it was really easy to get because people didn't know what piracy was at this point. Um, and this was obviously before Napster and all that stuff. So, yeah. You know, before like the public eye got an understanding of what was going on, and things like movies could be copied as well. Because at this point, the only way of getting like a, a cinema copy of a movie was someone filming it in a cinema with a massive like 
ridiculously sized camera. Oh yeah, you can't just walk in there with like a camera phone or whatever like you can do now. Yeah, man, I remember uh, like basically in the local, like as a kid, like seeing in the local shopping malls, there was like the people who had like, uh, like all their they would have like a carpet or like a rug, and they'd have like all the DVD, all the copied DVDs, or, like yep. the pirate pirate DVDs yep. on it, right? And then I remember I realized why they were on a rug is because oh, ask this question, but I know where you're going with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know why they're on a rug because like what would happen is they would have someone looking out for them or as soon as they saw like the police or someone coming they would be able to just like sweep up the rug and like collect the dvds and put it into like a sack and then run away with it and i saw it happened once and and i remember as a kid i was like oh that's really smart also that's illegal yeah. I know now. <laughs> well, that was the world back then. And I, I remember I got a hold of a box of PlayStation 1 games. And what was it? It was like, God, there must have been 100 games in this box. And they were all gold disc. So yeah. gold disc were, like, uh, were only writable disc. They weren't rewritable. Um, and in this box was like my unlocking of the video games world. Because there was games that I never thought I'd ever get a chance to play, like Parasite Eve and uh, Brave Fencer Musashi, mm. Buster Groove, um, Britney's Dance Beat on PS2 was in there for some reason, but I loved it, which what? probably should have been an early sign for my dad. Um, but there were so many games in this box. It, it was like Suikoden and all that kind of stuff. As oh, well. man, games Suikoden. I would never have bought, yeah. but I got to play it because of piracy. And, and as much as piracy is a, is a bad thing and it's crippling to companies and whatever... At the time, it was the only way for people to be able to get video games because they were so expensive or they weren't released in your country because there was also a lot of regional exclusives. Yeah. So, like, Parasite, even Brave Fence and Musashi never made it out in Europe. They were only available in the US. Same as Chrono Trigger. It never came out in Europe. <laughs> yeah, man. It was the only way to do it was through piracy, so that, that was how we did it. And and X-Copy was, like, my first kind of step into that world. I, I don't know, like, because obviously we're, we're a decade apart. Mm. Um, like, what was kind of the copy copy thing uh, when you were young i'm assuming it was putting things on like school computers oh yeah so it was like i mean it was burning stuff the cds right so like yeah. um in my uh secondary school so i my cousin uh who's actually the same age as you uh he used to do a lot of the like piracy isn't like he copied a lot of things to disc and wrote stuff to the cds and stuff like that and that's how i used to get a lot of my content because he would like burn you know episodes of naruto onto a cd for me to take home so i could go watch naruto at home and then but also you know stuff like starcraft and stuff and i distinctly remember as a kid uh in when i was in year seven i basically made friends or was so like to socialize with with people and meet, make new friends i would just give them copies of starcraft brood war on a cd and then get and I got all of my friends into StarCraft. <laughs> Funny I enough, remember, I think you talked about this before. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think I've talked about this story yeah. before. But this, yeah, yeah. this is, I mean, and these are the same people that I still like, still play StarCraft, Brood War, and like Age of Empires, and all these other RTS games to this day. I like, I knew, th- I remember, I basically made friends with them by giving them copies of StarCraft Brood War. It's like my first you interaction the with them. I was the dealer. I was a pi- yeah. I was a, I, in year seven, I was a pirate already. I was you were a pirate. pirate. Yeah, this is it. No, but, you, you, know, know, you, know, you, know, you know what they say, is it Yaha Fiddly D, you are a pirate. No, Yaha Fiddly D, do what you want, because a, pirate... a pirate is free. Yaha Fiddly D, you are a pirate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then, you know. Um, so yeah, that... And, the rest of the song. Like... God, lazy town. Um, Great memes. Great yeah, memes. I so that was it. You know, I used to get most of my games through piracy. Like as a as a kid, my cousin would just give me all these games, like you know, for free. 
And I was like, oh, how did you get all you know, Duke Nukem, Unreal Tournament, you know, all these old school PC games. Like, they, were, yeah, I just had pirated copies of all Some of them. Some Japanese game with a title that's also written in Japanese. Can I interest you, sir? Oh, <laughs> like, honestly. Might be. Honestly, I don't, I mean, this isn't even, I guess this is kind of, not really, I, this isn't really piracy. Maybe this should be a d- different nostalgia bite. But, you know, the whole, like, you know, the 500 games in one cartridges you would get. Oh, my God. Yeah, like that. was that, so bad. My, 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 um, my granddad, my grandfather, when he used to come from overseas, he knew I had like a Game Boy Advance or like a Game Boy, and he used to just buy these like 501 pirated cartridges from overseas. So that's how I would experience some of these like older, like weirder, like eight, like uh, sort of like uh, Eastern titles through these games. But also just had like loads of really bootleg versions of like Mario and stuff all like, like that. Dodgy reskins of Mario. Oh and, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. They're, they're f- they were oh. fantastic, man. They were so <laughs> funny. But anyway, that's that's for another yeah. nostalgia bite. Yeah, I mean, well, I can give you a preview of next week's nostalgia bite because we're going to be talking about video game stores in the nineties next week. Yeah. Um, there might be quite a bit to talk about there because that was a. Oh, I'm sure. That, that's something that we're never going to go back to, but we can talk about that next week when we get to it because yeah. I think that probably brings us to the end of this week's show as well. Yeah, yeah, I think that's yeah. We're we're coming up on time, so I'll uh yeah. I'll do I'll do the wrap up. So um, thanks everybody for listening to uh, episode thirty nine of the Sunfire Tavern. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Sunfire Tavern. Uh, you can listen to us on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Podcasts. And you can send us emails with questions at sunfiretavern at gmail.com. Um, and yeah, Clark, you got any closing thoughts? Not really. I'm kind of hoping we get some more stuff next week because it has been a super quiet week yeah. for gaming this week. Uh, we did get an email, actually. Oh, um, did we? Yeah, yeah. Um, Wait, why didn't so- we read it out? Because, uh, well, I'll read it out if you want to. It's from Alex Sanfilippo, his name is. Yeah. Uh, he says it's okay to say his name on the podcast. Hey there, I see you're an active podcaster, so I wanted to give you a membership to Podmatch. Uh, oh, it's a service oh, that... <laughs> oh. I was like, I was like, oh, we got an email. Oh, oh it's advertising. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, well, it's really sad. Sorry, Alex. Sanfilippo. But, I mean, I mean if anyone has any... email, Alex. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, thank you for the email. But, yeah, if anyone has any... Um non-advertising or non-marketing related <laughs> questions, you know, uh, feel free to email us at sunfiretavern.gmail.com. So, so I, I, once we get our logo sorted and stuff like that, because we've got someone who's sort of having a crack at it at the moment, yeah. once we get that kind of stuff sorted, I'm going to kick off Instagram properly because the, the big downside with Instagram is you always have to post a picture when you post something. Mm. And we, we only have one picture, which is just our logo. And I, I don't want to keep posting that logo because it's old and it's just my crappy attempt at photoshop yeah so when we get a proper logo set up and we get some assets and stuff then i can actually start using instagram send a picture uh, of a, you doing a thumbs up every time that might be it it might just be me just going yeah yeah so, engagement right. oh yeah but other yeah. than that no extras for me just have a great week everyone and we'll catch you on episode 40 next week yeah hope everybody has a great week and uh, we'll see you next time bye take care all right